the gossip that comes along with it. We as a community, we have to do better at uplifting one another. We have to do better at saying, hey, is there something wrong? Can I help? We have to do better and and say and not saying it's not our business. It absolutely is your business because it could become a matter of life and death. And if we don't work together as a community, then who else is going to help us? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's good, everybody? What's good? Welcome to another week of Conversations for the Culture. I am your host, Micah Butler. I'm excited about this uh, week's conversation because I got family. And this isn't me like being like, oh, it's a family. Like, you know, y'all be black folks, we call everybody family. But <laughs> like, we got so many cousins and uncles, and, and the people don't really be related in real life. But today's guest is actually related in real life. Um, Katina is a single mom of three beautiful children and a native. Washingtonian. Is that, did I say Washingtonian? Yes, Washingtonian. Washingtonian. That's a hard one. <laughs> my way of Miami, Florida. She received her education in the District of Columbia Public School System, where she went to attend Trinity Washington University. After relocating to another city and state to afford her and her children better opportunities, Katina entered into an abusive relationship that would essentially change her life and everything she thought she knew about life love, and even herself. After surviving the relationship, Katina vowed that she would never let what happened to her happen to anyone else. Turning her negative past into a positive, she founded the Melanin Motherhood. The Melanin Motherhood, Inc. is a domestic non-for-profit corporation striving to empower survivors and persons impacted by domestic violence through community outreach providing preventative education, community resources, and long-term support. Since its founding in April 2021, Katina has been featured in Voyage ATL Magazine, Rejoice 103.3, FM, WCEG, WCEG. I was doing so good, y'all. Listen, <laughs> I'd be like reading and like I was doing so good and then I just messed up. My bad, y'all. Uh, WCEG Talk Radio and many other media outlets. Speaking her truth fearlessly and unapologetically, bringing awareness to domestic violence. It is her hope that speaking the truth about what happened to her and bringing light to the loopholes within the just judicial system, which often cost DB victims their lives, will be the start of an impacting change. I want to put my hands together and the audience put your hands together for my cousin, Katina Davis. Welcome yeah. to Conversation for the Culture. Thank you, cuz. Thank you for having me. I'm like so honored. You're doing big things out here. I'm trying, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying. How you feeling today? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. It's hot as all now what? 103 degrees. How you doing? I'm good. It's not quite that hot. Today's kind of rainy and cloudy, but then that just means tomorrow is going to be like extra hot. Cause yeah. you know how it goes. So we're going to do a real quick icebreaker, right? Before, cause like this, this show today is going to be kind of serious. Yeah. So we always, <laughs> we always do an icebreaker to start it off. Um, this eye break breaker is called Black 
Card Revoked, all right? It's called Black Card Revoked. And in this segment, you're going to share with me and the audience something that you, something about you that will get your quote-unquote Black Card Revoked. Ha <laughs> um, ha. I never watched a different world. <sighs> Yeah, even Siri. Siri came off a of mute on that one. Is it revoked? <laughs> Dang. Um, whoa, never? I mean, I've watched one or two episodes, but it's not one of them things where I'm like, man, I'm about to watch a different world. Like, I, I was never, no, nothing against it. I just, I was never interested in it. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if that, I mean, I feel like, mm, I feel like that's- I'm out. <laughs> How old are you? 34. Yeah, because I don't you don't fall into the category that like you know there's a category yeah 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 because like we're in the age group like it's like uh, we kind of slip through the cracks on that one yeah but then there's some who are like you know they might be like 25 ish and like if you if they've never seen it it makes a little bit more sense yeah huh all right audience let us know um no <laughs> is not seeing the diff a different world does that get your black card revoked okay Whew. All right, let's get into it, y'all. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Um, all right. So you wrote a book, mm -hmm. right? You wrote mm -hmm. a book. Um, so first of all, congratulations on uh, the book because there's so many people who like, oh, I want to write a book. Oh, I want to write a book. Oh, I want to do this. And they never, like, they never do it. They start mm -hmm. it uh, and they don't, they don't finish. So I want to congratulate you on not only writing the book, but putting the book out. And then when you put the book out, you've actually like promoted the book. <laughs> yeah, that's a major part. Nobody know where you wrote the book unless you tell them. So it's that's a constant right. grind. So talk to me about um, talk talk to me about the book. Um, when did you start writing the book? Honestly, to be honest, I started writing the book even before this experience. It's funny because I told a few friends of mine in DC that. I wanted to write a book about my life, but back then it was going in a totally different direction. It was more about single parenthood and that journey, right? Um, so once I experienced domestic violence, um, I would say when I came out to the world and you know just expressed what happened to me, and then a lot of people that I knew started reaching out like, "Yo, you too? This happened. That happened." And I'm like, "What, man? I gotta, I gotta put this in a book because if this is happening to so many people that I know, imagine how many people out there it's happening to." And they don't realize that they're in so much danger. That's so, and it's called, it's okay to be broken, correct? Yes. Just know you can't stay there. I love that. It's okay Thank to be you. broken. Just know that you can't stay there. Okay. So we're going to talk about the book, but so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see how we want to navigate this. Um, what was like the catalyst that made you say, you know what? I have to go ahead and I have to put these experiences dealing with this into this book. It was the constant failure by the judicial system. They failed me from beginning mm. to end. Um, and then once I got arrested and he didn't, that was like the icing on the cake right there. Um, our systems in the black community, you know, they're, they're, they're designed against black people and that causes a distrust in those systems, which causes us not to report the abuse, not to even call and ask for help and then feel like we have to stay stuck in that situation because the system is against me anyway. I'm going to be criminalized. So what is the point? 
And right. that is what I'm trying to stop. I don't want people to feel that way. There are organizations and people out here that care and that can and will help you. It's not just up to the judicial system. It's up to us as a community. That's 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 real it's about you know the judicial system failing, failing mm-hmm. black people and failing black women in specific uh, in specific. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we'll briefly touch on it because I know it's in the book, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it is. This abusive relationship. Can you talk to me about it, like from how it when it first started? You know, mm-hmm. because I'm sure at first it was really good, right? Absolutely. Kind of. What were those things that started happening then that got you to a point where it was like, oh, crap, I'm in, I'm in trouble. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, of course, let me first say, like, he loved bomb me at first, which is normal mm. in an abusive, you know, person. Um, he loved bomb me, made me feel like I was the most important person in the world. He was really caring, catering to my needs. Um, and then once we were isolated, of course, um, he began to change. It was to the point where any little thing set him off. And mm-hmm. then he was down talking me. That sweet person that was there before, he completely evaporated and disappeared. And then all of a sudden, I was just nothing. That's how it started. It started with right. severe verbal and emotional abuse. Okay, so um, that's rough. That's rough. Now, um, okay, so when did it, when did it kind of start progressing? Where... It went from, you know, just, oh, love, 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 love to this is really dangerous for myself. And also, you had kids at the time? Yes. Yes. Okay. My kids were with me 24-7. Um, honestly, it had gotten to that point right before the pandemic. And the pandemic kind of exacerbated the situation because obviously everybody was stuck at home together. Um, but before that, it had just pre- been pretty much a tumultuous situation, the cycle of abuse going round and round and round. You know what I mean? And then it kind of came to a head right before the pandemic. That's when things started. Okay. So y'all, so I'm assuming you were living together mm-hmm. and then I'm assuming that, yeah, so you were living together? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense why you were always so then you were always around each other right yes right 24 7 and we know that domestic we know that a domestic violence and domestic abuse there was a huge tick upwards in it during the pandemic yeah um okay so what what was it that made you say i'm done i'm getting out of here my life is way more important because one, I honor you for doing that because a lot of people, a lot of women in these relationships, they just stay. They stay. They stay, 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 stay. And it's it's dangerous, but you did what you needed to do and got out of it. Like, what made you get out? Well, first and foremost, I want to say that, you know, leaving is the hardest thing to do. It takes, statistically, it takes a woman seven times to successfully leave her abuser. Um, Yeah. So, what what happened was he had successfully attempted suicide and threatened to take me and my kids with him. And that's when I knew something was seriously wrong with him. So he, you say he successfully attempted suicide. Yeah, well, he didn't, of course, he didn't pass away, right. but he did, you know, move forward with trying to do that to himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just couldn't believe that he had done that. And even in the midst 
of him taking those pills and kind of getting disoriented, he was threatening me and threatening my children. Like if I'm, if I'm leaving, you leaving too, that type of thing. And that was kind of like the eye opener for me. I'm like, at that point, I was like, I can't really believe I'm in this situation. I never thought that it would happen to me. And honestly, when you see it on the news, these murder suicide situations, you always think, oh, well, something, something is wrong to make them devolve. Something had to go on to press that button. But now that I'm up close and personal in this situation and I'm seeing it progressing and now I'm in it, I'm like, oh my God, I gotta, no, I gotta get out. That's such a manipulation tactic mm-hmm. that I see a lot of men do, whether they attempt it or they lie about, you know, I, I see that's what they pull on to. Oh, I hear that too many from too many women. Oh, he said if I left him, he was going to kill me. Yep. He said that he was going to take his life. I can't live without you. And that's more of that emotional abuse and yes. that emotional trauma. Yes. <sighs> okay. So if you don't know what emotional abuse is and you don't, you know, you grow up around these situations and you think it's mm-hmm. the toxicity is normal. You're more mm-hmm. bound to stay and deal with it because that's what you think love is. So that's what was happening for me for a while until actually we got up to that situation. And I'm like, nah, this is not, no, nah, this ain't it. So for you, for your story, because everybody's story is different. Was mm-hmm. this the first um, relationship that you had that was abusive? No, but it was the most severe. Mm, the most severe. Okay. Um, yeah, that's crazy. That's 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 crazy. But um, but I will say the one abusive relationship that I had prior to this, it was nothing. I left. You know that it was. I don't know what was different about me. Maybe I was in a better place back then self-esteem wise and i was more self-aware but i didn't stick around for that the one prior to this one yes okay so you was, I was out immediately <laughs> see you later yeah i feel that um can you talk to the women who um because you know i want to hear what your thoughts on it can you mm-hmm. talk to the women who are in these relationships and they feel like it's their fault one thing that i see a lot of men do a lot of abusers do they always blame the woman. You made me mad. This is why, you know, I do this. Why can't you just listen to what I say? I try to take care of you. I do my best to, you know, protect you, blah, 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 blah. Like, what do you say to those women who internalize the abuse that they're receiving from the from their partners? Um, I say to you, lift yourself up, you know, um, that man is, you know, verbally abusing you and emotionally tearing you down because he knows that he can. But you have to take a stand. It starts with you. You get in the mirror every day and you tell yourself you love yourself. You build yourself up. You, you know, put your lashes on, put your hair a certain type of way. If you want it in a ponytail, put it in a ponytail. Do something that makes you feel good about yourself every single day, no matter what that person says. Nobody deserves to be abused and no one is the cause of their own abuse. Nobody. But you have to continue to build yourself up and boost your self-esteem and get yourself to a place where you are strong enough mentally and physically to leave that situation. There's still a weak link in you that is bounding you to that situation. And it's up to you to figure out what it is. Mm. How important is community, Katina? Extremely important. Um, A lot of times lack of support um, is the reason that you know, the victims stay in these situations. And I know in the black community, we're really gossipy. Ooh. Oh, we're very gossipy. 
And a lot of times we don't even want to turn to our own family for help because we're scared of the backlash of the gossip that comes along with it. We as a community, we have to do better at uplifting one another. We have to do better at saying, hey, is there something wrong? Can I help? We have to do better and say and not saying it's not our business. It absolutely is your business because it could become a matter of life and death. And if we don't work together as a community, then who else is going to help us? Because, you know, them other people, they don't care about us. We have to stick together in this one. It starts with us. Something that you said is good um, with that community piece and us being gossipy, not only within our community, and this will step on some toes, but that's okay. Um, Within our families, we're also very gossipy, right? Yes. And especially when it comes to your, you know, and this is for everybody listening, right? Because y'all, I know somebody listening can identify with this, right? Some people stay in this situation because they don't want to hear the mouths of their parentals. That was me. (laughs) I didn't want to hear the mouths of nobody. I was scared, like, oh, my God. What they're going to say now, you know, another failed relationship. And we need to be more uplifting, more welcoming. What people decide to do is their own business. But as a family, as a community, it is our obligation to love them no matter what and support them no matter what. And not give, oh, I told you so. If you had to listen to me, you wouldn't have been in this situation. That's very violent. Yeah. And I also want to, and I don't want to step on anybody's toes with this either. The church, you know, the church pushes this narrative that you need to stick it out no matter what, and that you don't tell what's going on in your household and that you just go take it to God in prayer. Absolutely not. The church is one of the main problems of why women stay in these abusive relationships because of that stigma. No, you should be able to go to your church and your pastor and your first lady and ask them for help. So you just brought up the church and I know Lizzie, Lizzie, Lizzie does, Lizzie's a, you know, she does this work a lot, right? Mm -hmm. She does a lot of this work. And so I had to bring her into this conversation just because I knew that she probably want to hop in. Um, So I'm glad we're here. Actually, what we're going to do, we're going to go to the break because we're going to need to take a break. So (laughs) uh, you are listening to Conversations for the Culture. I am your host, Micah Butler. We will be back after this. We're going to get right back to the conversation. But before we do, I need you to go to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash it's Micah B. That's www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash it's Micah B. Check it out. As you know, I'm a content creator, podcaster, TikToker, YouTuber, all of the above. If you want to support the work that I'm doing, if you want to support the content, if you want to donate to the show, if you want to give to the cause, just go to that website and throw a coffee my way, throw a couple of dollars my way and check it out. When you do that, it allows us to grow this show. It allows us to grow our YouTube. It allows us to grow the other platforms so we can continue to give you the best conversations that we can. Speaking of conversations... Let's get back to it. Yo, what's good, fam? So I'm back uh, with my cousin, Katina Davis. She's out here. She's doing her thing. Make sure that you check her out. Her book on Amazon is okay to be broken, okay? Make sure that you guys get it. Uh, if you pull out your phones right now, right, and whatever you're listening to this on, uh, just look in those show notes. You see them? It says, all oh, you follow me, follow blah, blah, blah. And then you see where you can go and purchase the book. Make sure that you click that link and go ahead and support that book. Buy it today. Okay. Today. 
So I brought Lizzie up, our producer, so she can be a part of this conversation. We're talking about the church, right? Um, I grew up in church. I'm a PK, both of my parents, preachers, and all that good stuff. So, so like I've seen it all. But one thing that we do see in the church is a lot of times they want the women to just stick through it, right? Just pray. Let's do the therapy, you know, do the therapy thing, Christian counseling with your pastor and your first lady, and just stick through it. I want you all to have a conversation, right? Just pretend Micah's not even here. I'm going to allow you all to have a conversation about why the church um, does those things and what's been your experience um, in doing that. And I'm going to go on mute. Sorry, my mic is most muted. Um, so I think it's interesting in this conversation because it's a huge part of what I do with my life. Uh, part of the missionary work I do is to serve women, but it's either total compliance on either side that I see. So it'll be, you have to submit to counseling and stick it out, or you have to submit to this new life that we're trying to have you walk out of when you leave. And you can never have a doubt. You can never have a, I miss my abuser because that's just very true and real to the situation this is a person that most people are in love with mm -hmm. um you know you can never have a feeling or want to have your own direction so you move from one control to another um so i would ask you katina like what was your experience that pushed you so far because i believe that there will be women listening to this that need to leave and like they look to their church but the church may not be the way for them to run. Um, well, speaking from experience, I've been married before to my children's dad um, and he's a PK, you know, his parents were pastors mm -hmm. and we went through some emotional abuse there, um, very controlling mm -hmm. behavior. And when I tried to speak out about it, it was almost like I was shunned and hushed. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the church couldn't know that their, their child was conducting himself in that manner and it was a, and I was flat out telling them, you know, from the beginning, I didn't want to get married. We were kind of forced into that because we were living together, right? And they didn't yeah. want to shack in. So number one, we were really young. We should have never done it, but they pushed mm -hmm. us into that space. So after I got into that space, I'm constantly saying, yo, I'm not happy. This is what's going on. I want out. But the narrative is being pushed on me that we need to make it work for these kids. So we need to, this is a covenant, you know, and we need mm -hmm. to stick it out and go through this therapy with the pastor who is also my father-in-law, who is also biased. You feel me? Yeah, no, so, okay. Mm, yeah, I, I'm pretty much against that narrative. I, I, I make the church my last resort based off of that experience. And I'm sure I'm not alone in that. No, and I love that you speak so boldly about it because this is a regular occurrence also the counseling that you get should be from a licensed counselor, mm -hmm. not someone that is just pastoring or ordained by another place. Like uh, ordination to pastor does not give you any like covering as far as counseling, mm -hmm. especially for very serious issues. So sometimes we're running to a place that actually can't help. And when you hear Katina's story, like that is even more emotional and spiritual abuse. Mm hmm spiritual abuse. So like, I'm super passionate about women knowing that even if they are in verbal arguments with a person, that no one has the right to speak down to you. Mm -hmm. So for you, like in these two major situations that you said, like one was 
abusive and then the second one was more extreme. Did mm-hmm. you ever see yourself being in an abusive relationship? Honestly, no. It's not really something that I thought about. But after going through this experience, I realized it's been happening to me since I was 14 years old. My first boyfriend, you know, used to choke me out at school, throw me up against the locker. But back then, you think it's cute. You know what I'm saying? You're like, oh, he just, you know. But it's not cool. But because that's what we see in our community, again, I thought it was okay. Everybody was doing it. And that set the tone without me even knowing it for what I would accept as an adult. Yeah. I mean, I think when I think of that, then the community aspect. So Mm -hmm. what's different about your community now? versus what you grew up with, what the church was telling you, maybe even how family would scold you. Like, how do you surround yourself now that's different than before? Um, I am very big on boundaries. I am boundaried up, sis. And yeah. I do not enter into spaces with people and situations that trigger me. Um, mm-hmm. I don't surround myself with people that make me feel inferior. I know now that my feelings as a person are valid and that what I feel doesn't make me a bad person. It makes me human and I am allowed to feel. And anyone who does not respect that, they can't come around me, period. Yeah, no, I love it. And I I think that the one thing that I've seen is like your strength. Like, I just want to commend you on your strength. Not from a place of like, oh, you're strong and you've carried it all, but like strength to stand after everything that's happened to you. But I know that the church doesn't always celebrate that when you come out of it. So can you give listeners, because we do have people that Mm -hmm. are a part of the church, like maybe a tip or a tool of how um, they can celebrate women that have gone through your walk-in journey, because we need to learn to be better to receive um, people that just need us to be better as a community in general. Um, I think it all starts with listening to comprehend and not to respond. A lot of times people are hearing what you're saying, but they're not actively listening. So if someone comes to you and you're in a position of authority in the church, if someone comes to you, your first obligation is to actually listen to what they're saying to you so that you can be more empathetic of their situation. And nine times out of 10, if someone starts actually listening, that will change that entire dynamic. I promise you, because you can actually feel and empathize with what they're going through. You're like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. There wouldn't be a bone in your body that could reject them in that way or make them feel inferior, like their experience just needs to be put on the hush or like it just didn't matter. It needs to be swept under the rug. Yeah. No, I love that. That is, that's real, right? Because for some people, they're just like, oh, well, it's just verbal or you don't have to be so emotional about Mm -hmm. it. But these are key signs of someone that's going to escalate, Mm -hmm. that is going to harm even more. And then when did we get to this point where it's just emotional abuse? And that's what I'm saying. Yes. That was the really the beginning of my campaign, because every time I called home and told someone what was happening. It was like, oh, it's, that ain't nothing. It's just, no. Emotional abuse is absolutely abuse. And honestly, if you talk to any survivor, they'll tell you that the emotional abuse was way worse than the physical. Yeah, because it grooms you. Mm-hmm. So it prepares you for this not to be able to leave, not to feel like you're even 
mentally capable enough as a person. Even if you've worked a job, have a degree, you have children, you take care of all that, but you feel terrible about yourself. So our listeners, by you telling them that, may be able to open up their mind to understand, like just because you lived with some verbal abuse doesn't mean it's the same situation. Yes. And my hope is that they start to be a helping hand because it is terrifying and something that, as you said, you didn't expect to ever be in. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of victim blaming in the church. Mm -hmm. So, well, she was in there and she stayed. Can you talk about your experiences with that and like how you overcame that narrative if, if you've overcome it? Why, why did you stay that? Why did you stay question? Mm -hmm. I hate that question. And if you're listening, please don't ever ask anyone that question again. Um, Because there are a lot of things that play into that. As we discussed earlier, lack of support, um, just genuine fear. Sometimes the abuser will put the fear on you that they'll do something to you or your kids or your family. Um, And then also the lack of resources in the community. Like I live in Georgia And right now, only seven counties in Georgia have access to domestic violence resources. Do you know how big Georgia is? That's very problematic. So the next time you think about asking someone, why did you stay? Try to consider all the factors before asking that, because that question, it causes victim blaming. It causes you to self-question like, well, why did I stay? Is this my fault? And that's how I overcame that. I had to really sit and digest from beginning to end that this was not my fault. And I will accept some responsibility in it because I did stay, but I was manipulated. I was Mm -hmm. afraid and I didn't have anywhere else to go. Yeah. And I think that's, that's something like some people act like it's so unreasonable, but no, it's real. Mm -hmm. And I would like to point out that the resources oftentimes are not anything that you would want to run to. Mm-hmm. So who's going to leave to be on a sh- be in a shelter where they're told to come and go at certain times, or you can only eat this kind of food, or some shelters that separate the children from the mother. Like there are all of these, um, it's kind of like to me imprisonment. I'm sorry, yeah. I just have to say it because I feel like people don't have a reality of like, oh, well, if it's that bad, then someone will want to leave. Why? To go sit in a place where you're completely controlled too? It seems like, a, yeah, it seems like a, you said imprisonment. Yeah, it seems like it's almost almost like a punishment um, yeah. from the outside. Yes. And, then, and honestly, they treat homeless people the same way. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I like to use That's the word okay. displaced people. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, they, they treat them kind of the same way. It's like, yeah, you're here, but you can't do this, can't do that, can't do that, can't do that. And it's more like you're being punished for being in your situation. situation yes and not and, only that um a pro- the problem with that too you leave and then you go to the shelter but then what you're out in 30 days where do you go after that mm-hmm. 30 days is not enough time you know and i run a nonprofit. one of our main goals is to open a transitional housing facility for these women but instead of it being 30 days it will be set up to be a little more long term than that six months resume building classes you know employment, you know, career fairs, things like that, where you're pouring into these women and setting them up so that they can live independently after they overcome this situation. And that is one of the main barriers because sometimes the shelters are full. If this shelter is full, where are you going to go? After 30 days, where do I go? What do I do? You understand what I'm saying? So a lot of women feel compelled to just stay. Yes. And I think the other thing is, is that 
a lot of resources are spent on taking women's children in these shelters, mm -hmm. just to be actual factual. Government-funded nonprofits specifically work with DSS and CPS to report when already a woman is coming out of something that is so traumatic and life-threatening, and these children are placed into the system, and then the woman is not able to even see her children. And I've seen it happen, and I'm in several court tussles with some of my girls right now because they literally had no chance. So it's an ambush. Like, it yes. It's like, so people like Katina who are helping people with transitional housing, that would be more helpful. Like I've lived with one of my rescues for a year because she just needed the help. Mm -hmm. But that's the kind of help that I think if we're bringing the church into the conversation as well, that that's what people need to do. Yeah. It's to actually lay down their life to help others and say, hey, I will serve in this way, because when we're leaving it up to shelters and systems that were not meant for people to succeed, mm -hmm. you will find people that end up women end up taking their lives. They end up being bound to the system themselves, coming away with charges when their abuser is walking around freely mm -hmm. and it being their this thing where it's like shame put on you. Mm -hmm. Like there's a TV show where the slaves walk in and there's a bell and they're like, shame, shame, shame. Mm -hmm. That is how some domestic violence victims have to walk around. So can you talk about that, Katina, in the case of the justice system and what you've experienced? Um, <laughs> It failed me, but I, in doing this work, I see every day how they fail individuals time and time again. Um, mm -hmm. Even with me, being arrested and my abuser not being arrested. When I got out, I applied for the TPO, but of course it was denied because now I've been criminalized and I look like the aggressor, right? Mm -hmm. And in between that time, many things happened to me. I could have been killed, right? Mm -hmm. So I go back and I'm like, yo, do you remember me? I was just here, but look what has happened to me since then, right? Mm -hmm. And then they granted it, but that's right there, that little loophole, my kids could have been motherless. Mm -hmm. And that is the problem. I'm assisting a family right now. The young lady was murdered while she was holding her child. He ambushed her at the daycare, but he murdered her while he had an ankle monitor on. Mm. An ankle monitor for charges of domestic violence against her. And he successfully mm. shot her previously. And they let him out time and time again. So that's what I'm saying. There are, there are loopholes in the system mm -hmm. that constantly cost people their lives. But no one is raising the red flag or ringing the alarm. And when we do, no one is listening. Not enough people care, but I don't understand how many black women have to die before something changes. That's a lot. That's a lot. So um, I want to talk about what it is. And thank you so much, uh, Lizzie, um, for joining this conversation. Um, I want to talk about the work that you are doing. Mm -hmm. with melanin melanin motherhood correct mm -hmm. yes um can you talk about that um how you started it and some of the stuff that you um some of the things that you do you kind of talked on it but just let the people know because i definitely want people not only to just get your book but be able to support this project okay um so basically it started off as a project um i had put together before i left dc and it was going in a completely different direction it was geared towards single moms and assisting them with what they needed and then after domestic violence i kind of changed gears and went this way 
Um, but what we do, basically, we're here as a resource to African-American persons and families who have experienced domestic violence. So my families can come through me um, for therapy, long-term support, um, if they need clothes, pampers, whatever for these children, they need beds. We partner with the Furniture Bank where we're able to assist survivors with furnishing their entire home after they exit the situation. So we're just trying to be an all-around resource so that they don't have to worry about anything but focusing on themselves and rebuilding their lives. Wow, that's 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 definitely needed. Um yeah, that's super that's 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 definitely needed. Um so you all are based where? In Georgia, in Cobb County, that's our service area. Um and when we first started, honestly, I was doing everything out of my own pocket. But by the grace of God, we got over $75,000 in grant money um, that allows me to assist my families. So I'm really excited about that. That's beautiful. That's um, what do you all need, right? A building. Because you said what? <laughs> a building. A building. A building. Okay. So that's, the, but that's, that's what we're working towards. That's our main goal. We're trying to get that building so we can open that transitional housing shelter. My goal is to have that open by 2024. And we're on track funding wise to do it. I love it. I love that. I love that. So what we're going to do is um, you have access. You don't even access. We could talk about if you don't know how to do it, we could talk about it after the podcast. But I want you to uh, shoot me over um, a commercial about the um, melanin, mother, melanin motherhood. So okay. I can go ahead and add it into the rotation. So when we do these different commercials throughout the weeks, right? Every single week we do commercials and whatnot, we can add that in there. So it's always, people can always uh, connect. And anytime we throw that commercial in, we'll just be like, this episode is sponsored by, boom. And then oh. we'll drop the link so people can go ahead and get to the website and all of that. Awesome. I will. Thank you so much. No problem. Because it's the work that you all are doing that is, extremely important the work that you're doing is extremely important i for one i'm super proud to know you so you know like for real i'm super proud yes i'm proud of you <laughs> oh thank you thank you thank you thank you so yeah i'm super i'm, I'm super proud of that so let's let, let's continue to do that um also what i want to help out with is um what do you all like what's your uh i want to help you all with like even like your social media as far as you know how you handle that because one thing that i do know and obviously i'm not saying exploit people at all but people who are willing to share their story you know even if we we, we want to get biblical the bible talks about we overcome by the blood of the lamb but on the opposite side of that right is the word of our testimony and mm -hmm. i think when people tell their stories that really empowers other people and be like oh my god i can do this too i can get out and i think a really good way to do that is through social media with especially with things like your reels with your yeah. TikToks, and just be able to tell people like bite-sized pieces of story that you're just putting out there so like yeah. we gotta we gotta connect um here soon and just have a, a conversation about how we can get this thing going because definitely there's there's there i we need a lot more of what you're doing especially within the black community especially in the black community because we've normalized we've normalized toxic masculinity we've normalized abuse emotional yes. abuse we've normalized these men and then sometimes especially when it's like oh well he's successful oh he's you know he takes care of his kids like you sticking around to take care of your kids mean nothing if you're beating your 
you know, being abusive to your partner if, and, and then allowing your kids to see that. Like, you might as well be gone. So, like, our community needs what you're doing and our community needs you for sure. Appreciate it. You hit the nail on the head with that. Um, a lot of women, you know, they just love their black men so much that they don't want to get them in trouble. And I fell into that as well mm -hmm. because outside of this, he was a great father. He was there for his children. Um, you know, I would see him provide, send money home, call every day. What you doing? How's your homework? And honestly, that kept me from calling the police for a very long time because I'm like, yo, mm -hmm. he's hurting me, but I can't take this man away from his kids. Mm -hmm. And so many women fall into that space. But I need you to not do that. His, you know, his one thing has nothing to do with the other. He may be a great father. He may be a great man mm -hmm. in one regard. But he's trash if he's putting his hands on you and demeaning you in that way. No, ma'am. That's good. Anything you got, Lizzie? I just, wow, it's such a privilege to get to know you. Um, and I just feel like there's so many ways that our community could help support your foundation, your causes. You know, um, I'm really into private donations as well. So I do want to, like, lend my hand in that way. Um, and just, I just want to tell you thank you for the work that you're doing, because I think a lot of times you may not get to hear it, but it's very important. And the way that you sit here today can show so many people. And I feel like women that are listening that haven't left yet, mm -hmm. that's the last thing I would want to ask you is, what would you say to the woman that's listening that's on the fence that can relate to what you said? but is kind of like teetering, what would you say to tell her about life after and why she should leave? Um, I would say that you haven't even seen the best of your life yet. The best of your life comes after you come full circle and you are completely healed. Um, you deserve so much more than what you're experiencing and what you're enduring. And you don't have to be afraid to change and turn into someone else. Because the person that you turn into after this situation, you may like that story better. You may love yourself even more. You may believe in yourself even more. And once you reach that place, you will not accept this type of treatment again. The wrong man won't even be able to tap, tap you on the shoulder because you won't attract them in the first place. Once you clean up all the mess inside of you and get you together, you no longer attract those janky spirits. Trust me, because I had been attracting bad men for so long and I just couldn't understand why, but I was broken too. So my brokenness was attracting their brokenness. You feel me? You mm -hmm. have to leave that situation, focus on you, build you up, get you together so that you can reach the highest depths of your life. And I promise you, there is a promise of a new, peaceful, joyous life waiting for you after this. I promise. Ooh. That was good. She just gave the people a whole you just gave the people a whole entire word. Okay. Yes. A whole entire word. But that's needed. So I want to thank you for coming on today. Like I really appreciate you coming by. Um, quick question. Uh, where can the people find you? Um, I'm on Instagram, um, the dot melanin motherhood. We are also on Facebook. Facebook is really taking off. Our community is really growing there. Um, but we're on Facebook as the melanin motherhood as well. If you want to purchase the book, it's on Amazon. Walmart, um, Barnes and Noble just took it live yesterday on their website, and it's also on Kobo. 
I love that. And yeah, I saw that yesterday. Um, so yeah, what we're gonna do, um, I'll message you or whatever uh, after this or whatever, or we'll talk about it after this actually. But what we're gonna do, we're definitely gonna, um, like I said, we're gonna figure something out. I wanna help you out and really grow what you're doing over there because there's a lot of work. Um, and I feel like, especially with, you know, with the Instagram and the TikTok, especially, like you can really, mm-hmm. really, really, really blow I up. I need so much help, man. I'd be relying on my kids. I'd be like, y'all come help mommy, please. <laughs> Listen, yeah. And then once you, um, so yeah, we'll talk, but I want to thank everybody. Um, Lizzie, you know, since you came up here and kicked some stuff, uh, where can people find you? You guys can come find me at Lizzie, L-I-Z-Z-Y, P as in Paul, Lawton, L-A-W-T-O-N. And for all the women content, you can find me at Phenomenal Woman and um, check us out there. Speaking of Phenomenal Woman, it is a brand new podcast um, uh, that Lizzie hosts along with two amazing black women. So make sure that you all check that out on all streaming platforms. I have a privilege of being one of the producer, well, being the producer of the producer. And hopefully, you know, when we uh, launch this podcast network, the podcast network that I'm developing um, should be here, if not fall, here by the winter timeframe. And hopefully, um, Phenomenal Woman comes on board with the with the of podcast. Uh, but that's where you can find her. Uh, you can find me at It's Micah B on TikTok. Um, it's Micah B on Instagram and Twitter. And then you can follow Conversations for the Culture. It's at Combos FTC on Instagram. But just really pretty much follow me because that's where most of my content is pushed out at. Once again, Katana, thanks so much for uh, stopping by and having this conversation. And um, we will be back on Friday. Portia will be in the house on Friday. And we will be talking about a lot of stuff that's happening. You are listening to Conversations for the Culture. Make sure that you leave a rating and a review. And we will see you next time.